you know, I, I, as I'm talking about this, I just started scrolling through there and I see a vulnerability. New That's hilarious. Uh, well, I'm going to go ahead and uh, bookmark that bad boy. Hey guys, ever since WordFence did their campaign back in December, I've been deep diving everything I can get my hands on with regards to WordPress security. And naturally, I wanted to talk to you guys about that on the pod. And so I grabbed WordFence security researcher Ram Gall, brought him on the pod to discuss some of the nitty gritty details of hacking WordPress plugins. Um, it's a pretty technical episode. We get pretty in depth on what kind of functions are called uh, to register routes within WordPress, what kind of common vulnerabilities you see, um, and patterns that uh, Ram and the WordFence team have identified over the years, which lead to WordPress vulnerabilities. Um, so a lot of great content. I really think you'll enjoy it. In conjunction with that, WordFence is relaunching their campaign that they had in December and offering 6.25 times the normal bounty amounts. And they've told me that they're going to keep on offering amazing opportunities like this to researchers. So you'll definitely want to head over to ctbb.show WF and sign up for a researcher account on the WordFence platform so you can stay in the loop with that. And it's a great way to support the show. So... Uh, I think that's it. With that, let's go ahead and get into the episode. All righty, we're rolling. Ram, welcome to the pod, man. Hi, I'm happy to be here. Dude, yeah, this this episode is going to be great, and I have to say, I'm I'm uh, I'm excited for it. Even though I just got pulled out of the hot tub to record this episode, Oof. when it's snowing outside, man. Oh man, like, that's the best. I know. Like I just I don't, ugh. you know, if there was a time. Time to be in the hot tub. It's when it snows. But um, there's a lot of great content in this episode. I'm looking through this doc, and it is chock full of awesome, awesome information about WordPress. Um, so just to give the uh, the listeners a little bit of background, uh, Ram, you work for WordFence, and uh, Ram does some very impressive uh, security research on WordPress. And so our thought today was, let's go ahead and dive into some of these more nuanced WordPress-based uh, knowledge that you need to hack WordPress plugins. Because ever since we did the sponsorship in December, I've just been like deep diving that shit and I love it. Um, so now I get, now my chance comes to geek out over this and Ram's the perfect guy um, to do it with. So with that, Ram, um, I was hoping we can start with your bugs in particular. Um, okay. So uh, just like every other guest, we're going to put Ram through the, uh, through the give us a cool bug um, ringer here. And let's start with the uh, subscriber plus RCE on uh, Elementor, if you want to kind of just give us the rundown of that one. Sure. Uh, so uh, this is only around for a couple versions, uh, mm -hmm. but Elementor introduced a new functionality for mm. their onboarding module. Mm. And uh, they had an action running on admin in it, which basically runs anytime you're on any admin page, regardless of whether or not you're an administrator. Right. Um, it wasn't using a normal uh, Ajax listener. It actually had their own like custom Ajax listener, just like are we doing Ajax? Yes. Okay, cool. Then take care of this. Oh um, and all it used was a nonce check. And uh, effectively, what it would allow you to do was it, it was intended to allow you to upload and install the pro version of Elementor. Uh, ah. But you could just feed it any old zip file and stick your, you know, web shell in there. And uh, if you were a subscriber, you grab the nonce off the admin page, uh, upload the pro upgrade zip and bam, you on the box. Wow, dude. OK, so let me get this straight. Elementor is also the... 
It's like a five million install plugin. It's like the I biggest think it's WordPress more than plugin, that, right? but WordPress doesn't they stop counting after five. Oh, do they really? Oh my yeah. gosh, that's crazy. And I think if you look on their website, it says 10 million. Elementor does. But so this this was when they were um, they implemented this functionality when they were uh, including some pro upgrade stuff. And so the Physically, whole functionality yeah. on this is to actually put PHP files on the web server, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean it was working as intended, just not. From an access control perspective. Exactly. <laughs> and, yeah. and this actually goes to a topic that I can't wait to talk about later with you, which is essentially nonce, nonce acquisition as access controls, which is something that we see quite a bit um, in WordPress, I think. And, and so actually, it, this, this brings to my mind that there's a bunch of other nuanced things about WordPress, for example, add action and admin init that we haven't really covered for the listeners just yet. Um, and so what I think we'll do is we may even swing back around to this vulnerability, even though this one's pretty simple to understand. It's just a, it's a, um, you know, a, a arbitrary, you know, PHP file upload on the most, you know, popular WordPress plugin out there. Um, and we'll, we'll come back to this once we've covered a little bit more of the basics of WordPress um, functionality. And then we'll, we'll go to the rest of your bugs too. Right. Um, so with that, what I had in mind for this beginning part is like, we're talking to, you know, with our audience here, Ram, we're talking to a lot of people that know stuff about web pen testing, right? But may yeah. not know the intricacies of WordPress and all the weird shit that WordPress does. Yeah. Um, and so what I'm hoping to do is kind of have you talk us through some of the crazy stuff I've been learning about with ad action and then all of these different hooks that we can, we can hook functions into um, and then start to see what it looks like to identify sources and syncs in a, in a WordPress application. Um, so let's, let's go ahead and start from there. Uh, let's talk about ad action and how that works in conjunction with um, these various hooks, admin and it uh, WP underscore Ajax underscore and that sort of thing. All right. Uh, so realistically, bread and butter is uh, WP Ajax. There's a WP admin admin Ajax endpoint mm -hmm. and basically everything uses it um, mm. for everything, including stuff that doesn't actually need Ajax functionality. Right, right. It's just the endpoint if you want to get stuff done. Uh, it accepts an action parameter. Um, mm. By default, uh, you have to be authenticated, but that's all. Uh, yeah. You can set it to allow unauthenticated users, and plugins have mostly stopped doing that because mm. uh, that's you know generally not a great idea. Yeah. Um, but you know it, it it's pretty basic. You know, it just accepts a request or post or get parameter and. Uh, Sometimes you know processes within the actual callback. Sometimes it calls another callback. But gotcha. So so there's this there's this. So unlike other PHP applications where you navigate to specific PHP files and execute the PHP inside those files, with WordPress there's the opportunity for us to um, hook create hooks in the application that correlate to different paths on the WordPress core functionality, right? And yeah. so add action is is one of the ways to do that with um, and there's various types of of hooks in there, admin init. Uh, mm -hmm. being one of them, uh, WP underscore Ajax underscore, and then some string being another one. And what those allow us to do is interact with core files, right? Like, like um, uh, what is it? WP-admin slash admin-ajax.php. Is that right? Yeah, that's the endpoint that uh, yeah. if, you, if you send something to that endpoint, you add a, you add a WP Ajax hooks anywhere in any active plugin mm -hmm. and uh, it'll call whatever callback you have set. Right, so so instead of hitting direct PHP files, we can trigger functionality in these WordPress apps by this admin 
you know, this interface, which says has admin written all over it, admin in it, uh, admin-ajax.php, but admin action. admin action, right? But unfortunately can also be hit by unauthenticated users and triggered. Is that yeah. correct? That's correct. Yeah. So that's that's kind of nuts. That was one of the things when I first, you know, after we, we launched the campaign back in December, I was just really like, wow, I can't believe this is how this works. Like, this is so easy to make a mistake on. I mean, um, if you do it right, it's not that bad. But, you know, a lot of people don't do it right. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, it's just the naming conventions a little a little bit tricky, too, you know, with all the admin. And then and then, you know, and we'll cover this probably a little bit later. But there's also a function called is at underscore admin. Right, which in the is not what you think it is. <laughs> right, it's not checking whether it's an admin. It's checking whether the request originated from an administrative page. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, yeah, anywhere there's, in the admin panel, even if you're unauthenticated, there's some pages that are on in the admin folder that will trigger that. So it's crazy, man. It's crazy. So there's lots of lots of sources. So we've got admin init. Um, that's the hook that that can trigger on various accessing of various pages. So, for example, if you wanted to trigger an admin init hook, you could visit pretty much anything under WP dash admin, right? Yeah. 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 Admin WP admin uh, slash admin dash post is pretty mm. common. Uh, that mm. was originally designed similar to XML RPC to, uh, you know, allow people to just fire off new posts without logging into the whole admin panel, just basically uh, wow. automate it. Wow, that's 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 a lot, man. So so and then you know by hitting those endpoints, admin post or admin ajax, we can trigger that callback function. So the add, add action call, which is something that that we can is provided by WordPress, takes a hook. So admin init or admin wp underscore ajax underscore plus a callback function, and then it triggers that callback function. So th then you know we can start executing, forcing that code to execute. And a lot of times that's making decisions off of our you know input, right? Like post and get, like you know dollar sign underscore post, dollar sign underscore get, and that sort of thing. And that's sort of like for those people that are listening that know PHP but haven't done work. WordPress stuff. This is the sort of hidden attack surface that the WordPress plugins are hiding behind where you yeah. can really pop some crazy vulns. Would you say that's accurate, Ram? I would say that is extremely accurate. There, yeah. it, WordPress relies on a lot of user input and uh, Core is actually pretty secure these days. Mm, mm. Pretty secure, but yeah. a lot of plugin developers, you know, it, it's an open source ecosystem. Anyone can post their code and uh, right. yeah. a lot uh, of people learn by doing. Yeah, I, I imagine uh, imagine there's lots of mistakes being made, which is one of the really cool things about the Word Fence Bug Bounty Program too. Is that constantly there's new, you know, plugins being added to the scope as things pass fifty thousand installs. Yeah. Um, so the people that are, you know messing around and finding out, so to speak, uh, you know, and, and then find success and get over 50,000 installs, all of a sudden their code is up for review, which is something that's a really good opportunity, I think. Absolutely. Um, so... Okay, so now we know, you know, how we can access some of this attack surface, right? There, there'll mm -hmm. be these calls to admin, uh, add action, and then there'll be these, you know, hooks specified, admin init, admin post, um, wpajax underscore. And we'll link in the description of this episode a, a PDF file, Common WordPress Vulnerabilities and Prevention Through Secure Coding Best Practices. It's kind of a mouthful, uh, but it's, yeah. it's a PDF file released by WordFence that documents all these interesting hooks and stuff like that. So we're able to trigger code from for running, and now we're looking to have our user input affect the server in some way, right? Because that's how the you know vulnerabilities are made. Um, yeah. We trigger some code, and then it takes our input, and something happens. Um, so, what are the most common ways user input is accessed in a WordPress application? 
Um, well, are you talking about sinks? Or are you talking about? Uh, I'm talking mostly about sources still. Like, like I guess you know the traditional method would be okay, in, yeah. in PHP. You know, you've got the yeah. dollar sign underscore get or dollar sign underscore post. Yeah, sure it we uses have that the in, super globals. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure we have those in WordPress too. Is there any other ones we should be aware of, or is it just those PHP based ones? Um, a lot of uh, WordPress plugins use uh, get query var. Uh, that's usually mm. for the specific WordPress search functionality. Um, oh. you know, some people use filter input, uh, which does not actually, uh, sanitize your input unless you tell it to <laughs> exactly uh, see that a lot. Uh, you'll also find some, uh, plugins using custom request parsing functions that just use the super globals or filter input, but, you know, call mm. it something fancy. So, uh, it, it can, if you're, you know, you're just using a regex to search through a whole bunch of files, you might miss something like that because they're all using a, you know, specific function to parse requests. Sure. Yeah. That's one of the difficulties that I've kind of run into with automating uh, WordPress vulnerability analysis. Cause when I saw this opportunity of like, wow, there's new scope coming in, you know, there's new plugins coming into scope every week, you know, every day sometimes. And uh, you know, these are old and you know, it might be untouched even sometimes. Um, I was thinking, wow, it'd be great if I could just run some static analysis tools on these on a regular basis and extract information out. But like, it's not always as simple tracing user input because when it can come from, you know, it can be abstracted behind all these functions, you know, they can use input underscore get, you know, get or input underscore post, and they can also use the dollar sign underscore sort of functionalities that come attached with uh, PHP. So there's a variety of things you kind of need to be aware of when looking yeah, there's, at these. Yeah, there's a huge variety of coding styles and mm. uh, it, it does make it really hard to do static analysis. I mean, there is, there is a sort of WordPress recommended coding sta standard, but uh, Mm. You know, not everyone uses it. They're getting people on board, but yeah, that, that that seems like something really interesting and something that should be uh, globally applied to maybe all of these plugins, and then maybe like a badge added or something like that to the uh, to the you know WordPress.org plugins page or something if they comply with it. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Um, so regarding these these uh, you know AJAX functions or this functionality that we can trigger using, uh, you know, these core PHP hooks, uh, what is, so the, these do not have any functioning in place protections for CSERF. Is that correct? Correct. They don't, uh, they don't have any in place access control. They don't have any in place CSERF. Ah. And uh, you know what? I love what? to hear it. I'm sorry. What? I just you know I know it shouldn't make me happy. Have a working content security policy on unless you add it and you know futz with everything to actually make it compatible. So. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no. I mean, I hate to love it. You know, I, I love it, but I hate it, but I love it, you know? No, like, I know exactly like, what you mean. You know, being on the offensive side, you got this sort of, you know, pull of the heart in, in each direction. Playground. Exactly, exactly. It's just so much fun. Um, but yeah, and that does make these tar these functions particularly um, enticing for an attacker, right? Because there's no built-in default access control. There's no built-in default... Um, uh, non-sir or um, CSERF protection, so that could be really cool. So in my in my you know WordPress plugin assessing journey, I found uh, a couple scenarios where um, we have CSERF, but that CSERF is uh, is limited to a post request, right? They're using you know dollar sign underscore post or something like that to pull user input. Yeah. Um, in those scenarios, obviously, we're in the era of same-site cookies, um, and and a lot of times cross-site requests are not sending uh, you know, cookies anymore because of those same-site defaults implemented by Chrome. Um, 
this is something that I wanted to ask you, and I'm not I'm not sure if you got the chance to look it up before we before we uh, got on the call. But do you know if there's any way to trigger a session refresh in WordPress via CSERF? Because here's here's the approach that we normally take when doing CSERF in a bug bounty context: is mm -hmm. you you find your CSERF, you get it validated, you validate it with a two minute post. Um, you know, there's there's a two minute exception to the same site lacks default stuff, right? Um, and which I'm not even sure if if uh, WordPress uses same site lacks it by doesn't yeah. use it doesn't use same site cookies by default. You're stuck with okay. whatever Chrome sticks on there. Okay, so and, uh, I've honestly mm -hmm. never had it be a problem. I've <laughs> yeah. never run into any problems ex executing a CSERF on a WordPress site. Okay, wow, that's great. So maybe <laughs> maybe they've got it even turned off. But um, one of the things that that it, you know Chrome should be protecting it within a two after the two minute window of login. Um, but it could be, uh, you know, reauthoring the session. That's something that I need to kind of look into. Is like, I wonder if there's some core gadget that we can use to send a CSERF to refresh the user's session, and then get that cookie reset and refresh that two-minute window. Uh, do you know anything sort of like that? Not or? off the top of my head, though. No. Okay, that's something no, that I'm, like. I'm, there's a heartbeat. There's a heartbeat, but that actually does use a you know, different nonce every time. Oh, does so, it? It uses yeah. a nonce. Okay, gotcha. Well, not different nonce every time, but it does use a nonce, so. Right, right. And that's the that's the funny thing about the whole nonce-related thing, too, is like, it's not a number used once in this scenario. Yeah. It's like, that's, that's kind of hilarious. You get two, each one lasts 48, or you get one that lasts 24 hours, and then it's still valid for another... Okay, it's valid for 24 hours, and then they generate a new one for the next 24 hours, but the old one still works for that period, so... Okay. Yeah, right, right. Love that. Uh, yeah, and I did look into the implementation of that when I first, you know, started deep diving WordPress stuff, and it's pretty solid. Um, you know, they they essentially take your session token. It's tied to your session, so even if it's from a different session, you can't use it. Yeah. Um, you know, they take your user ID, your session token, the current timestamp, a bunch of other things, hash it, and then you know use it as the nonce, which is kind of a pain in the ass, but you know. It's good to see good good CSERF protection in place, you know, as long as the developers use it, which is what, you know, is a little bit iffy in these scenarios. I mean, it's pretty easy to set up, but yeah, I, I, a lot of developers don't use it or try to use it for access mm. control. So. so I guess while we're on that topic, what are the, what is a nonce in the comp uh, context of WordPress? I guess we've kind of already covered that. It's it's a CSERF protection. It, it yeah. stands for number used once, but it's not really used once. It's just kind of like a CSERF protection. And what are the functions that we need to be on the lookout for to, to see for if they're verifying the nonce or not? Uh, check admin or referrer is one of them. Mm. Uh, let's see, and, WP verify nonce. Yeah, so check admin refer. it's kind of weirdly named again because it doesn't actually check the refer. I don't think, right? No, it, it doesn't, no. That would be that. a terrible way to do things. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And so then instead, it checks the nonce that's passed yeah. into it. Hmm. And nonces in WordPress, they have some sort of action associated with them, right? Uh, I mean, if you're talking about uh, wcreate or create nonce. Um, no, I mean like that. Little, what is that little string that's passed into them? Like it's like uh, it, like oftentimes it'll be like the name of the action that nonce is supposed to be associated with. Oh yeah, no, yeah, you can create different nonces for different actions. Okay. Yeah, there, there, there's a default, you know, general nonce for a user, but uh, most plugins will have you know different nonces for different purposes. Um, some plugins mm -hmm. will just have one plugin global 
nonsense. Yeah. And that's especially bad if you're using it for access control. But mm. yeah, you, you can basically create, you know, nonsense for different purposes, nonsense specific to use cases. Okay, so there, there are various actions that can be associated with nonces. Yeah. And, and so I can't take, you know, a nonce, even if it's associated with my account for, you know, changing my user profile and then use it in this specific function. Uh, you know, on the specific plugin, because uh, more than likely they're going to have some sort of action that's associated with that nonce. Yeah, it's not even really an action so much as just a label. A label. Okay. Yeah, it's just like this nonce is for this, that nonce is for that, for this gotcha. user. So, gotcha. So, so, and and those those can have value, I guess, in, in some ways uh, for an attacker, because if you're able to leak nonces that are associated with specific values. Yes. Um, from an access control perspective, and then the that that function is solely relying on nonces for access control. Then we can start. We can bypass access control in those scenarios, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, so I guess the attack in that scenario would be like, let's say that they're generating a nonce on admin underscore init, right? I think this is similar to the scenario we just talked about with Elementor. Right. Um, yeah. And and it, you know, it's generating a nonce. And then it's sticking it in the response from admin init, which we know that anybody can access, right? Um, mm -hmm. And then you go there, you get that nonce, and then you you craft the request to trigger a specific code path. Um, and the, they're only relying on, you know, a, a nonce, the, the access to that nonce, whether you can access that nonce or not. Assuming that you can't access that nonce, you know, in a scenario where you actually can, that is a is a vulner, uh, you know, a code pattern that I've seen that can result in yeah. vulnerabilities. Is that would you say that that's fairly common? That is incredibly common. You should okay. never assume that someone can't access a nonce. You okay. can never use nonces as the sole form of access control. Uh, we'll get into some other stuff, but you know, we were going to talk about uh, mm. menu pages. But a lot of the ways that uh, WordPress, or a lot of the ways that plugins uh, try to protect nonces is mm. by checking which page the user is currently accessing and oh. only displaying the nonce if it's on that particular page. But there are ways to mess with that. Oh, really? Can Can you tell me a little bit about that? Uh, yeah. So. Uh, WordPress uses a global called page now uh, okay. to determine which admin page you're on. Um, oh, and, and is this a part of core? Yes. Oh, really? Interesting. Huh. Yeah. And on some configurations, I believe it's Nginx. It might have gotten a little trickier recently. Mm, uh, mm. But on some configurations, because it uses PHP self, you can basically, you know, do one page, add an all byte, and then do the page you want to think you're on. <laughs> Interesting, and then that that might generate some other nonce for you. Yeah. It, it, assuming, well, what would be the assumption then in that scenario that that page does not have access controls that prevent your user from? Uh, well, then you could just access it in the first place. Well, let's say um, all subscribers, if you're not running WooCommerce, for instance, sure. uh, can access yeah. the profile page. Uh, so, you know, your subscriber, you log in the profile page, uh, but let's say the nonce only shows up on an admin page for, uh, you know, XYZ plugin. Sure. Uh, so you go to the profile page and uh, add an all byte, add, you know, admin.php. Oh. So it's uh, still coming from an admin source, but then yeah. it's perceived to be a different page. Yeah. And it's tricky to pull off. Like, you know, wow. it, it's a fairly rare case, but it, it does happen. Wow, that's really cool. Is this is this uh, uh, this is under the the weird WordPress shit section of this our document? This is under the weird WordPress shit section. <laughs> is yeah, is there is there that. a um is there do you have any um I guess documented places where this has been exploited? Uh yeah. Uh, 
you know Mark Montas? I think he works for Automatic now. Yeah. Uh, I'll add it to the notes at some point, but yeah. uh, I believe it was in a... Oh, yeah, there was a... Uh, you know, backup download in our Updraft Plus a while back that uh, ah. that took advantage of this. No way. That that sounds really cool. I Yeah, definitely go ahead and grab that and put it in the doc. I would love to see that afterwards. And for any of you guys that are also interested in looking at it, um, that's something that we'll, we'll link in the description uh, because that that's, seems like a really valuable way to get your hands on nonces. And and unfortunately, we see a lot of plugins do this this thing where they don't do any authorization checks. Uh, we'll kind of cover this a little bit later. Well, actually, I guess we'll just cover it now. They're, the the uh, way WordPress does auth checks is they do can uh, current user can calls, which is a, a function that comes a part of, of WordPress, and it and it accepts a capability, right? And that capability is associated with different types of users. Yeah, it'll um, also accept a role, but that's uh, generally considered poor practice. Uh, it's okay. pretty old. I, I was going to ask you about that, actually, because I saw that the other day, and I was like, what the heck? Administrator is not a capability. What is? Does this code even work? It does, then, actually. It's it a, WordPress has a ton of backward compatibility stuff. So Wow. OK, so it will accept a role as well. Um, and that's pr literally pretty much the primary way. Like 99.9% .9 of the time, that's how they're doing auth checks, right? So, yeah. But there are some plugins that will not even use that and just rely on your ability to access a nonce for the access controls, which is really, like you mentioned, Ram, really bad form. Yeah. Um, so this, any extra tricks that could get, get us access to nonces um, when they think we shouldn't be able to get access to nonces, extremely valuable. Yeah. Um, so so that's, that's really rad. Um, uh, also, it looks like that Updraft Plus thing, uh, that was not a nonce bypass using that page now. It was, okay. yeah, it, it was... Something one. else, I think. We'll, we'll find it afterwards, and we'll put it in the notes for the people that are that are interested. All right. Um, so that that covers a lot of the ad action stuff. There's a lot more to unpack there, though. So I just wanted to make you know our our goal here on critical thinking. We try to get as technical as we can, but at the end of the day, it's an audio medium. So you, the listener, need to go and look into this more. Um, or else your brain's going to forget it and you're not going to be able to be, you know, triggered by this thing in the past um, when you see something that's, that's similar, uh, similar to this. So definitely check out the link in the description um, and figure out how to access these really weird part of the uh, uh, WordPress functionality. Um, with that, Ram, I want to have you talk to me a little bit about something that I don't really even fully understand still, which is the add filter functionality, which is a little bit different than add action. Yeah, add filter is basically uh, registers an observer uh, and a callback whenever an action happens. So uh, you can add a filter that runs a callback whenever your profile is updated or a post is updated. Um, mm. It doesn't actually run it until apply filters uh, gets executed, but it's basically mm. a way of setting up different observers for stuff. Okay, it's, it's okay. a little clunky, but uh, yeah. The name filter means that it often gets used to like you know sanitize stuff, do some mm. post processing on content. But uh, there is also some room for exploitation. For instance, uh, we see a lot with like update profile. Mm -hmm. Like yeah, that, uh, you can add a hook. filter on update profile, so it'll run a callback whenever a user updates the profile and it accept extra input. Ah, uh, ah, interesting. So then, so then anybody who can update their own profile can trigger that that code. Exactly, yeah. Okay, okay. So add filter, WordPress built-in function that allows you to create callbacks on specific actions that occur when apply filter 
is run, right? So apply yeah. filter is the trigger. Uh, add filter is the you know the hook or whatever. Yeah, and um, the cool thing is that it'll actually accept uh, not only built-in WordPress uh, actions but also custom actions by plugin developers. So ah, so they can define their own, and, and anytime that action happens, they just run apply filter, and then it, that kicks off a bunch of. I don't know. Are they async or are they sync? They got to be synchronous, I imagine. Uh, uh, they're in a priority, but I believe okay. they are synchronous. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, so synchronous actions that are correlated with that specific hook. That's exactly. interesting. So, yeah, we we have update profile, update post, a couple other things that non-administrative level users could trigger, and yeah. thus result in some you know malicious code flow occurring where the user can can do things they shouldn't do. Very cool. I like that. So that that's sort of. I guess when I was sort of looking into WordPress history, that's sort of like the mid, the mid tier. You know, uh, way back in in the beginnings of WordPress time, they were using XML RPC and stuff like that for a lot of implementing routes and implementing um, AJAX requests and that sort of thing. Then we moved to Add Action, and that whole flow with the admin AJAX.php, and we're still a little bit in that era. There's active development occurring with those functionalities, but then WordPress um, implemented this register REST routes functionality. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. Uh, so, I mean, it, it, it is, uh, WordPress rest routes are super handy. What's even cooler is that you can actually go to, uh, WordPress or, you know, you can go to the site slash WP dash JSON and it'll just mm. show you all the registered rest routes and what? you can dig into them and it, it just gives you a map of them. You know, I think I heard of this before. I think I saw it somewhere in the... It's Super handy. Is it .php? It just uh, go to the site slash wp-json. You know, I think I've got some sort of weird routing thing hecked up with my Docker container because it's not oh, hitting it. it. Oh, you might have to have pretty permalinks turned on. If not, you can do, uh, uh, you can do uh, let's see, uh, just add uh, rest-route equals uh, forward slash. At the end? Yes. Dot route. Rest dash. I think it's a dash. Interesting. Let me see this here. It might be an underscore. Is this as a? Huh, dude. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to look into this. Yeah, it's, it's this... Un rest underscore route. Sorry. Is it? Is that as a parameter? Uh, yes. Rest underscore route. And it'll show you all the namespaces, and you can dig into the namespaces. No it'll, way. It's amazing, right? What? Wow. OK, so we can just hit slash question mark rest underscore route equals slash, and it will give us access to this interface. Wow. Whoa. Dude, know, it took right? actually so long for this to load because there were so many of them, and my poor Docker container is overloaded. Wow, this is like a big recon dub. Do I, I don't have to be. Do I have to be authenticated for this? Nope. Dude, Ram, this is not good, dude. Why do they do this? Uh, ease of use, I guess. I mean, it, it's definitely one of those things you'd want in like debug mode, but I don't yeah. know if you'd really want that in production. I mean, like you know, the rest routes are. It, it does yeah, give mean, you a lot of info on what's installed. You can you can get access to it anyway, you know, because you can just hit the plugins directory and use enumeration yeah. to figure out what plugins are. Then look at the, you know, read readme.txt and figure out, you know, okay, what code is running, and then look at that and extract all the rest routes. But this is just so much more convenient. It's time saver. 
Yeah, for sure. Wow. Uh, guys, this is a big, this is a big dub here. I'm going to put this in the, uh, Dude, why is this not under the weird WordPress shit section? Is this? Like- I don't know. I, I grew up thinking it was normal. <laughs> this is crazy, man. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and add it to the weird WordPress shit section. Um, uh, that That's a really big dub for anybody looking at a WordPress site. Just literally add the parameter rest underscore route equals slash. And then it just dumps all of the, the uh, rest routes associated with that site. That's crazy. Okay, so so then you know we've got those. We can access them like a normal um, API or whatever. But there there's there are some nuances to that, right? Which is they fixed the whole no automatic CSERF protection thing. Can you tell me a little bit about that? So um, if you don't provide a nonce that's uh, again per user uh, to a rest route, it will basically assume that you're unauthenticated. Mm. Which is uh, well, if you're trying to access uh, something that has a permission callback that returns true, or that has a permission callback that, yeah, if if it has a set, if it has, you can have the permission callback. Uh, I guess so. The permission callback is the thing that allows access control, right? So if that yeah. permission callback does some sort of like current user can check yeah. or something like that, the current user is going to be. Not not there because it's unauth. So then you exactly you know blah, blah, you, you you drop it. But then if there's no reference to the current user in that interface and they're just assuming that it's secure, you know, then then, then it, it then has no CSERF protection. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, hey, I mean that's better than the AJAX stuff, the the ad action stuff where there's just no you know implementation at all that uh that that runs by default um yeah and you have to use ajax to get the uh rest nonce oh yeah 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 that that makes sense and then and then so i guess let me ask this what would then let me give me just a gut a gut feeling on this what is the distribution of use right now between add underscore action you know wp underscore ajax underscore versus rest routes i want to say it's still 80 percent ajax Really? No yeah. way. Yeah, and that's the thing. As more and more plugins start bringing rest routes online, uh, they're making mistakes in their first implementation. So there's a lot of Interesting. Uh, opportunity for you know seeing plugins not using best practices on their first go. Yeah, that that makes sense. And actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my my cards closer to my chest here than I normally do. Ram, I know you know about my WordPress automation because we've talked about it a little bit, but that is definitely something. I guess. Since the kickoff in December uh, of the the WordFence Bogani program, I've built some automation stuff uh, that uses um, some let's just say some code parsing grammar, and uh, you know that has been kicking out a lot of vulns. I think we've we've identified over over ten vulns from the automation, and we're seeing vulns popping up in real time as developers push new code. It doesn't even support register rest routes yet, so I think that's going to get bumped up on my priority list after this. Um, we'll find some good stuff. I think I think there could be some really good stuff there. Um, okay, so we've got register rest routes. That's another great way to get to be able to execute code, right? To be mm-hmm. able to trigger code execution flows on the server side. Um, Do and, I want to mention the weird WordPress shit about this? Yeah. Yes, please. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, you know how, you know, most rest APIs, um, if, if it accepts get as a method, then you have to use query string parameters with WordPress, you can put JSON on the body and, and get as the method and it'll just parse it. It'll, it'll parse it. So it allows for the body of there allows for a get request to have a request body. Yes. 
it's not parsing like you're not putting the JSON like in the query parameter and then question mark and then like a blob of JSON. No, it'll it'll read the entire raw post body for all request methods. What the heck? So, and then if you use f functions like, I, mean, I, I can't even really wrap my head around that. So then if you use functions like WP query, that's like there, because it's not going to show up in dollar sign underscore get or dollar sign underscore post, will it? No, it, it uses a PHP input. Oh, PHP input, or I, mm, would it would it show up in request? Do you think? I mean, it would probably, yeah. Ah, oh, dollar sign underscore request. That could be interesting. Okay, so WordPress parses. <laughs> you no, can send no, it. Actually, no. Request oh. has to use. Um, a request has to use um, uh, either form encoded or um, uh, XWW encoded. form URL encoded. Yeah. So yeah, right. no, it wouldn't show up in any of those. Interesting. So it's got to be. It's got to use the PHP. Uh, you know, the the input underscore post input underscore get. But yeah. that's still really really pivotal for for ways that one you know WordPress will parse the, that data. And then uh, that that's that's the kind of sneaky shit you guys got to know about to be able to pop crazy bugs is like, oh, I can they're not expecting me to be able to give JSON input to this specific function because I'm doing it under a get request. You know, no yeah, I've been doubt, sitting on that one for a while. <laughs> no, no, no doubt in my mind that there's some, you know, some code out there that's like, all right, you know, a get request will allow a post request. No. And then they're sharing logic and you can send body along with a get request and it's going to screw their whole their whole mechanism. That's crazy. That's really good. Thank you for that, Ram. This is exactly the stuff that I wanted, when, you know, for you to to talk about when you came on here. WordPress um, is full of stuff like this. Yeah, dude, and and that's why I've been kind of finding that out over the past like month or two as I've been kind of geeking out about it. Um, and and the the crazy thing to me about it too is that it's everywhere, man. WordPress is literally on every single attack surface you can possibly think of. Like every company has a blog or like three blogs. They got an engineering blog. They got a marketing blog. They got a company-wide, you know, press release blog. And so there's so many opportunities out there. And people are installing plugins that are like 500 installs or something like that and using it on their, you know, main site, stuff that hasn't really been audited and, and stuff like that. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of, value here for um, specifically for bug bounty hunters that wants to find vulnerabilities using white, you know, white box code, code review. Yeah, um, if, if I WordPress. were going, if I were going to uh, make a recommendation, a lot of the low install count authentication plugins are full of. <laughs> Dude, that's they're, terrifying. Man. They're below the, they're, they're below our, our uh, current scope requirements, but yeah. man, there's, there's a lot of stuff in there. Unless you get, unless you get the, um, uh, what is it like elite status or something like that, right? Then it drops to like a thousand or something. I think the requirement does. Yeah, if um, you end up with the uh, elite status, and you know that's that's not that hard to get. Just yeah. you know, keep on putting in good bugs, and I'm I'm well on my way. I'll get there eventually. Um, so I'm excited for that. Uh, all right. So next thing we've got on the list here, as we're kind of going through WordPress syncs, I mean uh, sources still. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. um, and then we're going to talk about syncs at some point too. But uh, we got to get our sources in place so we know where our data is coming from, and we can start tracking code flows okay right. so um we mentioned earlier uh page related code right um yeah. so this is using built-in wordpress functions like add underscore sub menu underscore page this allows us to I, I assume define little pages on the left side in the admin panel and how, do, how does that work and how could uh, a person hook functionality into that uh so if it's done right you can't okay um 
WordPress basically lets you register pages um, and it performs a capability check during the page registration and then has a callback to whatever function renders the page. Um, but, you know, not all plugins only use that to call that function. Uh, some of them will also call those functions using, you know, admin Ajax, using admin init, uh, and right. it'll perform a check to see what the current page is to see if, uh, you know, you're supposed to be there. WordPress yeah. does actually use the um, page get parameter to verify what page you're supposed to be on. So really, so yeah. wait, tell me, tell me about that. What is that? What is that? So in the query parameter, in the get query parameter, you can say question mark page equals something, and then it will. Yeah, that's what the register page uh, or register menu basically does is uh, it'll basically register that page as the thing that calls that function. Interesting. Hold on. Maybe I'm uh, uh, my my uh, my Docker container is is being slow because I've got too many <laughs> too many plugins installed. Uh, I feel uh, you, man. I've got yeah, like 150. Like I just disable them most of the time. Classic problems. I, yeah, I need to go back and disable them. Um, I'm going to log in really quick and see if I if I am actually remembering properly what you're talking. Ah, yeah, because then then you've got the and then there's the page parameter. OK, OK, yeah. I see. Yeah. So that that is also used to show, you know, what as sort of a source of truth in those scenarios to see what page you're on specifically. Yeah. And that, that's pretty hard to mess with um, for the actual page parameter. Uh, you know, the thing we talked about earlier accepted, but yeah. Yeah, interesting. And and so yeah, wp-admin slash admin.php question mark page equals whatever will trigger various stuff. I just went to this page and an alert popped because uh because you already I, had something in my, there. My buddy's working on something. It sounds like he got it to pop. That's great. Um yeah, I try to use different messages from my alerts so I know what which one it's actually from. So yeah, that's smart, Ram. We're we're not all as smart as you at that because you're just like, wait, where's this where's this popping up from? That's great. Mm. All right. Um, so then the last little thing that we wanted to talk about from, from an input perspective is short codes. Um, as I'll, I'll try to give it a little bit of a summary of that, and then you can fix it. <laughs> so essentially, no short codes are a, um, a way for people who have the ability to write posts normally. I don't know if you can use them. Yeah, contributors and above. Authors, yeah. yeah. Um, those are roles in WordPress, by the way. You've got subscriber. That's the lowest level permission, all the way up to administrator with editor, author, contributor, in that order? Yep. Descending? Yep, it's uh, administrator, editor, author, contributor. And realistically, editors can become admins at any point if they really want to because they have unfiltered HTML access, so. Right, okay. And then you can just, at that point, you can just input HTML anywhere, and next time an admin comes in there, hijack their session and do whatever you want. Exactly, yeah. Gotcha. So editor is, is pretty much administrator level permissions anyway. It's one of those we trust you enough that if you really wanted to, yeah. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Don't give that editor to anyone you we don't trust. trust. Yeah, that makes sense. So short codes are a way for contributors normally, I guess authors as well, to embed specific functionality in posts that a lot of times it's functionality that's inside of plugins. And yeah, it's kind of- Contact forms, that kind uh, of thing. Oh yeah, contact forms too, yeah, for sure. And then, and then there's like- um, I think the syntax is like a square bracket and then some text. It's almost like an HTML tag, but it uses like BB code. Actually, you remember that? Oh, B. Oh, yeah, dude. I haven't heard that name in. 
I haven't heard that in a long time. Special implementation of HTML. Yeah, this is back in the form days on I know, right? when I was on hack forms or something like that. It's crazy. Um, so yeah, it's kind of like that. And then you're triggering various pieces of functionality. How does this hook into um, plugin code? So uh, plugins will basically register short codes uh, and the attributes those short codes accept. Uh, it is really wide open because... It, yeah. Yeah, uh, and WordPress has a shortcode parsing regex that scans through posts looking for shortcodes. And if it spots one that has been registered, it goes, here you go, run this function and do whatever. Wow, and is there any built-in controls there for sanitization in, in attributes or anything like that? Or Nope. Lovely. Love that. Yeah, Love that I want to say like more than half of the actual... Uh, in scope vulnerabilities we got over that over that period were short code yeah. cross site scripting. Wow. And and I imagine that has limited limited well, you know, I guess it's contributor. It's contributor to I mean, honestly, yeah. you're gonna have a much better chance of someone, you know, pulling off a credential stuffing attack for a contributor than you are for an actual contributor to want to go bad that's true yeah so compromising compromising credit uh contributor account and then you know i guess depending on the location as well where they can trigger it you it could be a no user interaction cross-site scripting right you know because it triggers somewhere the admin would go naturally or it could be a user interaction yeah excuse me stored xss because you still have to get them to navigate to a specific page where your payload will fire I mean, realistically, if it's a page they were going to land on anyway, we don't consider that user interaction. Okay, gotcha. Yes, and the, here's the thing. Since contributor posts have to be reviewed by an editor or an administrator in order mm. to be published, they're going to see that post no matter what. Hmm, so, interesting. Uh, that's, a, that's good to know. So, so if you can, so actually... Yeah, there's a decent amount of impact then. And, and then, of course, we all know like admin admin um, XSS in WordPress results in you being able to modify the, yeah. the plugin source code. You can create new admin users. You can uh, you can edit, you know, plug in or theme source, uh, all mm. sorts of stuff you can pull so off. That results in RCE. Wow, that's very interesting. That that's cool. And but and I, I guess my, this might be more of a, a Chloe oriented uh, question, but the w the way that WordFence still rates that in a well, I guess you, stored XSS is rated a little bit higher than reflected XSS. And, yes. And okay. the big reason behind that is just because uh, uh, vulnerabilities that require genuine user interaction, including mm -hmm. including CSERF, I mean, that's going to have, they're going to have to be personalized. They're going to have to be targeted. You're not going to have as much luck as something on like a big platform where yeah, know, it's all, all a URL everyone expects to see. That makes a, a lot of sense. On unauthenticated XSS too, you know, like there's lots of ways that you can pivot that, um, pivot that. But yeah, there, there's definitely if you've got a authenticated reflected XSS, there's going to be a little bit of a tricky, tricky piece to that. Well, um, that is where the value is. So yeah, for sure. Um, all right, so that's mostly mostly covered all our sources. I'll just go ahead and run through them real quick because I know we kind of hit the ground running pretty quickly for the audience. Um, we've got add action that allows you to hook various callback functions and associated that or hook into specify callback functions for specific hooks. There we go. Um, that you can trigger. So for example, there's an admin in it. Uh, hook, and that can be triggered by navigating to pretty much any admin endpoint. Um, mm -hmm. And that will trigger callback code. So that's a great place to look for vulnerabilities. There's um, an admin action uh, callback that just looks for an action parameter anywhere you're on the on the admin page. And really? that's fun. That doesn't okay. get used as much, but when it does mm. get used, it's usually used poorly. 
Great, love that. <laughs> I, I love patterns like that. If they do use it, it uses it's used poorly. So admin underscore action, admin underscore um, or admin underscore post, I believe, is also one of them. And, yep, and then that WP usually gets used poorly as well since it's an older pattern. Love that. Um, and then there's WP underscore Ajax underscore and then some text, which will allow you to trigger that. Um, uh, and there's the no priv versions of those as well. So that's mm -hmm. a great way to trigger um, uh, some code that you want to run. Uh, those are all vulnerable to CSERF and auth. Well, I guess some of them have auth by default, but some of them don't. Um, and, and so those are great places to look for vulns. In addition, we've got the add filter functionality, right? Um, yep. And that's that's where various actions are occurring. And then uh, those you're specifying callbacks for those actions. So if you're able to trigger that action, for example, updating your profile, then you may be able to run that code, which may have a vulnerable um, aspect to it. Yeah. Um, One thing I would recommend strongly mm. is uh, just if you can get xdebug set up on a Docker container and just mm. you know step through some basic Ajax actions, you'll get a much better sense for just That's however. That's a good idea. That's, yeah. a, that's a great idea. I haven't gone as far as to hook up a debugger to it, but I have modified the PHP code directly and just put die statements in there. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, I've, I've got a uh, I've got a yeah. Docker uh, configuration that has xdebug working on it. If you that's want great. to make that over, we should we should we should do that, and we should update the um, the the Docker container script that I created for the campaign uh, to have some of that stuff on there because that would be really that'd be really helpful to the to the researchers. I think. Um, and then from there, we've got the REST routes stuff um, that it has some CSERF protection in it by default and some access control uh, on it by default. But because it's newer technology, uh, you know, it's being used less and or being used for the first time, which is triggering vulnerabilities. So that's another great place to look. Um, and then we've got co uh, page related registration. So uh, add submenu page or something like that. Not as great of a place to look. And then short codes, which apparently is a great place to look <laughs> for contributor plus uh, stored XSS. Is that, yeah. Does that about wrap it all up? Ram that more or less wraps it all up. We didn't really cover XML RPC, but most yeah. Most of the use case for that is honestly credential stuffing because okay. it lets you fire off a bunch of authentication requests really quickly. Yeah, you can batch them, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's helpful for like maybe identifying contributor level uh, accounts from which to take over the whole server uh, if you're actually doing like uh, a bug bounty or a pen test or something like that. Sometimes I will I will throw out there. Sometimes programs do not like credential stuffing and or trying to find that sort of thing on bug bounty programs. So yeah, XML RPC yeah. use cases are not well suited for real bug hunting because they're yeah. like Nihilus service credential stuffing, stuff that you wouldn't really use unless you were on like an actual red team engagement. Right, right. So, and I know there are programs out there that will accept stuff like that, um, especially, I, mean, I, sh I shouldn't say especially, only if you found valid credentials, um, but program by program. So make sure you're not overstepping the bounds. Um, with that, we'll go ahead and move over to top syncs for WordPress. Um, and let me just go see in here. We already kind of covered capabilities. We already kind of covered filters. We already kind of covered leaking nonces. Um, I'm just kind of going through the, the WP, the WordPress concepts section here to make sure we are hitting everything. Um, yeah, let's go ahead and, and jump right into the top syncs then. I don't think we have anything else we need to, to um, sort of talk about from from the uh, weird WordPress concepts uh, perspective. So regarding top syncs, obviously we've got a lot of PHP related stuff, which yeah. is mostly gonna be 
uh, something that the listeners need to go suss out for themselves. Um, but that's going to be stuff like unlink is file, file exists, file get contents require uh, slash include or anything like that, which yeah. could re- uh, result in RFI or LFI. Um, Old standbys like eval, exact, pass through, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Just like those, um, you know, these are things that we're not really focusing on in this context because we're mostly focusing on WordPress related stuff for this episode as we have the man Ram here who we can uh, ask about any WordPress related stuff. So as far as syncs go that are WordPress included functions, Mm -hmm. what should we be looking for, Ram? Uh, One of the big ones is update option. Uh, And the reason for that is that WordPress options include things like the default role and whether or not users can register. If you can set the default role to administrator and set users (laughs) and register on, then you can register an admin user. I do want to offer a word of warning. I have had some trouble getting these to work lately, and I've been looking for the code, trying to figure out how they're sanitizing them. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I wouldn't necessarily rely on it, you know, test it at your own risk. But if you can get it to work, then that's a very... Uh, powerful exploit. Okay, so so that scenario would be, I imagine update option looks something like key and then value, right? That sort of yeah. thing. Um, yeah, update option users can register value one. Sure, sure, sure. And then and then one of the things that I've seen a little bit more often is you don't get to specify the key and the value, but yeah, you can you, specify just the value, and that will that's helpful in attacks like C Surfer access control stuff because it can modify the options of the plugin or the or the website. The big thing you get from that is XSS. What we see a lot of is uh, update options uh, being used for things like API keys and not escaping or validating the API key on output. So uh, you can put like an XSS payload in that API key option and uh, it'll echo out out when an administrator visits the uh, page (laughs) where they set the API key. That's great. That that is actually the bug that triggered when uh, when I went to open up that 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 page to check what you were talking about a um, nice. uh, buddy of mine who's actually been on the, on the pod before Kodai um, he he found one uh, where it was you he, he was able to see surf an update option and then that update option would then get triggered on the page so uh, on the admin page so we actually did this cool exploit where you and it's in y'all's inbox so no i think i remember this one yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so so you you go to the page and um and you know you click the link and it does like it opens up a new tab it submits a form to a new tab right and then on the old tab it does a timeout uh and, and after you know 2 seconds or whatever it'll redirect the user to that page, which was now poisoned with the cross-site scripting payload because of the form opening up on the new tab, right? So it's like this time sync thing too. Nice. Um, which is a really cool piece of that exploit. Uh, so that that is definitely something that I've seen and actually happens, I'd imagine, quite a bit. Oh, yeah. um, and, and, and then there's also, I think, Rim, the the use case of like, okay, well, maybe it can't it can't be put in an XSS um, sort of scenario, but it's also, it's also just updating the site's settings. So from an access yeah, control have, perspective, perspective, you can change or, the site URL, you can change the blog URL, you can get yeah. it to redirect home advertising site. You mm. can, yeah, you can pull or, all sorts of stuff. Or plug-in specific functionality, like, yeah. you know, hey, maybe we can set a value for a specific option and that has very high plug-in relative impact, right? Oh, yeah. No, uh, I mean, like some plugins allow you to set which roles are allowed to use which functionality. So you'll have like a file manager plugin that's restricted to admins yeah. by default. But if you can set the option to allow subscribers to use the file manager plugin, then you have RCE. That's great. So update options is a big one for sure. It Any is. other ones we should be aware of? Um, 
for update options or are we moving on? Uh, no, no, for within the, I'm sorry, within the syncs section. So WordPress related syncs. So update okay. option is a WordPress, uh, just to be clear for the listeners, update option is a WordPress Function that will, you will see in the code that could alert, alert you to a sync. What right. other I just want to see if we're moving on to the next sync. Uh, yeah. One of the ones that we see a lot is uh, add post, update post, delete post, trash post. Um, if you can add post and it doesn't sanitize the count content on the way in, or if you can update a post and it doesn't sanitize the content on the way in, uh, then you have XSS again. Ah, okay. So you, you specify the content of that, or I imagine you know for delete post and trash post, yeah, you can. De delete them or get rid of them and that sort of thing. Another weird WordPress shit thing. If you oh. trash a post twice, it permanently permanently deletes it. Oh, interesting. So if you can double trigger it, it actually yeah. has some serious impact, which, uh, yeah, the, you could do that with that same setup that I was talking about. Exactly. Because, because you could trigger it in a new tab that would delete it once and then trigger it in the, in the main tab again, and that would delete it for the second exactly. time, which is gone. Interesting. That's yeah. Ram. Thank Lots you very much, like sir. I, I love this stuff. This is, I can, <laughs> the heart is beating quickly. Uh, yeah, I love that. Um, that's great. So, and, and I imagine also there's a little bit, and this is something that I don't fully understand. So maybe you can enlighten me a little bit on this. Some users have the capability to inject unfiltered HTML, right? Correct. Like, like uh, editors and administrators. Yep, editors and administrators. That you mentioned earlier. And so I guess if you had the ability to C-surf and then affect the contents of an ad post and do that for an administrator or an editor, then you could use that functionality to trigger XSS inside that post because of the person's your C-surfing's unfiltered HTML injection capability. You could. It uh, doesn't come up very often because mm -hmm. it's fairly rare for a post update to have uh, nonce protection or access mm. or to have access control, but no nonce protection. Usually mm -hmm. it lacks both or it has both. Ah, uh, OK. Yeah, and the default way of updating posts does use nonce checks. But, you know, some plugins will do some weird stuff where they update it manually without going through all the uh, motions. Gotcha. No, that 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 makes sense. Yeah, that's but one of the things. That, yeah, that's one of the things that's a little bit tricky for me is about WordPress too. Is like, you can trigger sometimes server side code that you your current user doesn't have access to do at the at the WordPress level, but it, yeah. it won't it won't do it. It's not like the the WordPress system itself is running as you know system or something like that. It's still always applying that that WordPress level. Um, I guess, capability or role assessment to yeah. those functions, which makes sense. Um, okay, so the next one here is update user meta. Talk to me a little bit about that. So uh, user meta, uh, there's your role, your capabilities, those are all stored in uh, your user metadata. Okay. So uh, you can set your capabilities to administrator, and then you <laughs> are an administrator. Okay, so so if we were able to find a place where we could update arbitrary user metadata, GG. Exactly. Wow. And uh, one of the ways that we, one of the places we see that happen a lot is with membership plugins. From mm -hmm. what I can remember, pretty much every single membership pl plugin we've ever analyzed has at some point in its life cycle had the problem where you were able to set your role upon registration. You love to see it. By setting the uh, WP it. capabilities user meta key. Wow. Yeah, that, that makes sense. So that's that's something that we can particularly look into is like, and I imagine that's a little bit more helpful on 
like the action that's associated with updating your profile or like some sort of filter based thing that yeah. triggers when you are taking some action like updating your profile. Yeah, that that's one of the places update profile comes in handy. Nice. Um, so a couple, man, I have to say, I love it when the guests come on here and they do a great job preparing on the doc. Like that just warms the heart. Like, and the episodes always turn out so much better because there's so many things, you know, that I don't know that I want to know. And I mean, I've forgotten half this stuff. I had to brush up. On no, it. It's great. And then, and then you put it in the doc and then I'm like, Oh, that is something I want to know. And then I ask about it and it, it makes me happy. So, um, the, the move underscore uploaded file slash unzip related functionality. Tell me a little bit about that. Oh, uh, I mean, I guess that to some extent that's basic uh, PHP stuff, but mm. WordPress has its own upload handle handler, mm. Mm. Uh, which plugins should use. So mm. if you see them not using that, that's a danger sign. Interesting. Um, okay. So uh, if it uses move uploaded file, uh, if it uses an unzip, uh, I mean, that's, you know, again, it's normal PHP stuff, but if it doesn't specifically look check file types within the zip, then you have an opportunity. Interesting. Yeah. Anytime, anytime you're dealing with zips, this is a pretty general mm -hmm. web application hacking thing is like, if they're dealing with zips, there's going to be some weird shit that can happen there. You Absolutely. Can do, you yeah. can do zip slip. You can do, you know, all sorts of file extension, hidden files that don't get deleted from directories, like all sorts of weird stuff you can do with that. Absolutely. Um, so that's always a good one. And then I see you also put here WP underscore remote underscore get, um, which is a great a great one. And I imagine that's often used as a sync for SSRF. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, WP remote get is the built-in WordPress uh, uh, server-side request functionality. It, sure, it sure, uses sure. curl or whatever it has available. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, you can use it for SSRF if you're on an EC2 two box mm. with IMDS or is it IDMS? I can never remember. Yeah. I one of IDMS. Uh, you can mm. grab the EC two box credentials and, uh, then you own the box. Yeah, dude. I love that, man. I, I, I saw earlier, I, I was snooping around the, the bugs. I try not to snoop around the bugs too much before people come on because <laughs> I, you know, I like to be surprised on the, on, on the podcast, but I did see you pwned some box with that. So I, I, I it was my own it. box, but yeah. Wow. Yeah, but you know, it still counts. Every yeah. every WordPress is is very often launched in, in AWS, so that's good to see. Yeah. And um, the other thing is that a lot of configurations don't use IDMS v two, mm -hmm. so uh, and a lot of WordPress plugin developers don't really take into account that SSRF is a thing. There's some plugins whose entire functionality basically depends on, at yeah. the very least, blind SSRF. So you know. Yeah. Hundred percent. I've seen that often as well. SSRF is is definitely becoming more well known in primary web app circles, but I imagine that hasn't trickled down fully to WordPress plugins and sort of peripheral environments like that. Yeah. So that's, that's good. Um, <clears throat> so let's talk a little bit now about echo as a sync, right? Uh, yep. Anybody who's familiar with, with PHP knows that echo as a sync will echo something onto the screen. It will print on, onto the, the page, the HTML that's being outputted. Um, WordPress has a lot of escaping mechanisms for various It does, things. and some of them are very good. Okay. So can you talk to me a little bit about some common mistakes that you see in escaping within a, uh, a WordPress environment that results in XSS? 
Oh, uh, I actually almost added this to the vulnerabilities, mm. but uh, you'll have, you know, you'll have the function escape part of it and then run S print F on the outside of the escape. And uh, wait, wait, wait. Say, say one more time. You'll have an escape part of it. Yeah, it'll have escape part of it. And then you'll ha- run S print F around the escape. And, oh, no. Uh, yeah. yeah, that one's fun. You'll you'll see those sort of things, and and actually, you know, later later this week we'll record. I'm not sure what order we'll release these, but at some time soon, you'll be uh, critical thinking listeners will be listening to an episode about vulnerable code patterns, which was inspired a lot by reviewing a lot of the source code of WordPress plugins. Um, and that's always always a funny you know piece that you see where they they try to sanitize stuff, but they just do it a little bit off. You know, yeah. and, and and there's some common patterns you can find that will help you find vulnerabilities in any language based off of that sort of thing. Um, but there's, there's, I guess the WP underscore K S E S related functions. uh, It stands for a strip evil, evil scripts. Okay. uh, Gotcha. It's pretty solid. Um, it's complicated. It's regex based. It's very slow, uh, which is why they don't run it on absolutely everything. Yeah. Uh, But it does a decent job of, you know, cleaning up, uh, basically any HTML tag from any unsafe attributes. Mm. But, you know, it has to be a complete HTML tag. It has to know it's an HTML tag in order to remove those attributes. So that's where uh. we run into stuff like um, short code-based cross-site scripting because it runs the KSAS on just the attributes uh. before it adds them to the HTML tag. Gotcha. So this is something that actually is used to parse HTML. Yeah, Okay, using gotcha. there's, there's like text. Yeah, yeah, that's not a great idea. That's not a great idea. So that that's something that where they're expecting HTML, and a lot of times also they'll be expecting just normal input, and they'll use this function sanitize text field, which I think is yeah. is pretty bulletproof. Like there's not much you can do about that, right? Sanitize text field also doesn't escape attributes if they're being added separately. So okay. um, it'll it'll kill any tags you have. But if you know you have tag and you have control over the attribute from a source, oh. then uh, Sanitized text field isn't going to. So, so you may be able to ah, and that's so if it's being inject, injected into an attribute, it yeah. won't escape the double quote. So you can escape out of the attribute, define it your own attribute like on load or you know on air or something like that. Trigger JS through that. Yeah, I, I honestly should have brought that up, but I, it, yeah, yeah, it just didn't come up until you mentioned it. Yeah, no, you're good, you're good. That's what this section's for. So, so that's great. So then, so we gotta understand, you know, what. What parts of the app? And I know there's functions like escape at. Oh, yeah, it's you added yeah. it right here to the doc. Yeah. <laughs> escape underscore attr that are specifically used for escaping attributes. So when you're looking at this code, you kind of got to get your brain to be like a machine and say, okay, where's the context? Did these the right function? Context yeah. function. If they're context, using function. escape URL on something that's not a URL, there might be a way to get around it. Yeah, if they're yeah, using sure. escape JS on something that's you know, in HTML or something. Yeah. yeah, Then there might be a way around it. Interesting. Very cool. So the, the naming convention is actually should pretty be, should be pretty much similar to the context in which that, that string is used. So that's something to be on the lookout for. Um, tell me about this E underscore or underscore E thing. What is that? So WordPress has a lot of, uh, translation capabilities. Uh, there's a lot of websites that will, show content in multiple languages just by setting the language parameter. So oh. underscore E echoes out the text or the translation of the text if one is available for the requested language. Ah, it basically, it, most of the time, most sites don't actually use translations, so it's basically just echo. Uh, ah. But it, it won't show up if you're just searching for echo. 
Interesting. Okay, so that's another sort of echo equivalent of sorts in exactly. the WordPress environments that we need to be familiar with. Very cool. So, and you can also, uh, if you have you know some sort of limited file upload, uh, you could potentially upload some uh, translations, malicious translations with uh, cross-site scripting payloads and set the language. Interesting. For those. Wait. So, so you would need we would need to be able to upload what? You'd need to be able to upload uh, translation files. I forget what the extension is, but oh, so there's some there's some maybe non-administrative, not not always associated with administrator functionality that allows you to update translate files, and then you yeah. may be able. By to default, it's to admin only, but uh, mm. you know that some things perform. You know, they use a block list instead of an allow list, or they use an sure. Yeah. So yeah, if yeah, you yeah. get some of those uh, translation files uploaded, you interesting. Have that, that's a good you know path because like if you're working with a plugin that does translation in particular, then maybe there could be some access control stuff, and then okay, you think well, all right, maybe I can affect the translation, but what does that really do? It gets XSS. Exactly. Um, so that that's that's good to know. Very cool. Um, and and so then moving on from XSS to, and obviously blind XSS is a big thing in in um, in. A WordPress environment as well. So that's something that uh, sort of we got <laughs> triggered from last week. Uh, ben started talking a, a ton about um, blind XSS, and now my brain has just been spinning about blind XSS. Yeah, but just it, assume the XSS in WordPress is blind and yeah. will work, and yeah. it probably will. <laughs> that's great. Now that that that's good. Um, so moving on to SQLi syncs, um, they have a pretty good wrapper around SQL stuff yes. in, in WordPress. It's WPDB uh, prepare normally is what's being used. Um, what are some problems with that that we can be on the lookout for when we're auditing WordPress plugins? Well, the biggest problem is uh, developers that don't use it at all. Um, but uh, <laughs> okay. you know, as, as you mentioned, uh, preparing part of the uh, SQL state, SQL query, yeah. but uh, concatenating it with an unprepared portion and then uh, Actually, running the query so that there's so that part of it's not prepared. Uh, mm. We do see that on occasion. Um, there is a sort of backward compatibility uh, issue with WTB prepare, where uh, if instead of percent %s for a string, it'll do like labeled strings, like percent %1s, mm. uh, then yeah. it won't add quotes to it. So you can run like character-based uh, SQL injection. Ooh. Interesting. So if yeah. you, so it doesn't, ah, maybe that's because it doesn't know it's a string. Well, no, well, but it, it does know, know it's it. a string. It, it just, I, string. It, it doesn't, it does know it's a string, but because of the label, it doesn't treat it the same. Uh, there's some WordPress developer doc on it that just says due to backwards compatibility. So what the heck, Ram? Are you, is this something that's known by people? Or are you just dropping like a core, a WordPress core SQL zero day on critical thinking podcast right now? No, nah, no, nah, core doesn't okay. use this practice, but uh, okay. they just support it in case someone else does. Wow. That's, that's weird, man. Uh, okay. So, so they've got that functionality and it won't put in the double quotes. So exactly. you might be able to escape out of that. Very interesting. Um, also, uh, hmm. you can escape out of single quotes if you're using a GBK character set using multi-byte encoding, but that almost never happens. So I, yeah. Interesting. Uh, what what do you, is there some character in that language that is correlated to normalized quote. to a that single is quote? effectively a single quote, yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's real old. It's been around since like 2006. It just almost never comes up because uh, I've never seen a site using that character set. <laughs> uh, and it has to use that character set in the database, yeah. In the database. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty rare. But but that makes me think though, you know, maybe there's some 
you know, w websites that are using specific character sets that are that not we haven't normal, found it yet. Foreign, foreign, foreign. Uh, th that could be a good place to do some, you know, WordPress related research. That that could be cool. Yeah, I should I should, uh, I should nerd. There's a there's a guy that came on the pod. Um, uh, I guess probably a couple months back now. This is very much obsessed with uh, character character set related stuff. So I should I should nerd snipe him with that. That that stuff hurts my brain, man. It, it, it's complicated. He dropped a really good blog post though that I still haven't found the time to read on, which is essentially like, uh, actually I've got it right here. It's literally right in my bookmark bar. The absolute the absolute minimum every software developer absolutely positively must know about Unicode and character sets is the name of the, of no excuses. It says at the end, I think I might've read that one actually. That, that's a great, that's a great article. I'll, I'll, uh, I'm, if you've read it, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure it's got a lot of value to it. And Matthias mentioned that, um, you know, he endorses it as well. So that's, that's another one we'll link. I'll, I'll go ahead and, uh, Sorry, Richie, the the editor. I'm gonna you're gonna have a really long uh, description for this episode because there's so many things to link. But I'll put that in the doc, and it'll be waiting for you guys in the description when you go to read that. Um, and and so the actual things that going back to to WordPress, <laughs> um, the things that actually trigger SQL related statements are WPDB query or get row, right? Get row. There there's a number of other functions. Uh, update. You can you know you can mm, do time based sure. SQL injection injection on updates or deletes though okay. those are kind of a pain to deal with yeah I, I imagine so yeah um so but we need to be looking for direct injection into query and get row or concatenation with prepare or some sort of label based uh printf like yeah i'd, um, I'd honestly put the label based one in the weird shit wordpress does because it's sure. pretty rare we were just like that blew my mind when i found out about it so i had to mention it yeah no that's 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 exactly the stuff we want to know about and and that's the kind of stuff you want to hear about on a podcast yeah. and then be like you know two years down the road you know when your brain has trapped that little piece of information deep you're like oh wait a second i thought i heard something about that and then you google it and you find it and then you you know pop the bug so that's the kind yeah. of stuff we're going for for sure right. um Deep one cuts. of the things that that uh my mentee actually brought up as he was doing some some wordpress uh uh plugin assessment was escape underscore sql being used in conjunction with non-quoted strings so yes. uh in those scenarios as well you can trigger SQLi, right? Correct. Uh, if there's no quotes to escape, then you can just use uh, character-based SQL injection. <laughs> right, and and you're not you don't really even need to break out of any string-related context. No, no double yeah. quotes, no single quotes, anything like that. So the use, and a lot of people will just blindly trust. Um, Escape SQL, Escape, yeah. Escape SQL. Um, I remember my first security job, we used to uh, patch stuff uh, using Escape SQL, and then I found out that it wasn't enough, and I was like, oh, no, what am oh, I doing? I made some mistakes. Yeah, I can. Yeah. I was a PHP developer, actually. It was my first software engineering job, and I, I wince when I think back on the code that I wrote in those days. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think this is particularly, one of the things I wanted to call out here is this is particularly interesting in context of... Uh, dealing with integers that and there being a type confusion because in 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 wordpress environment you know you you can say hey when you're doing a sql query with a specific integer you know you can put it in there and you can say you know x equals whatever without having to use the double quotes um so if they're assuming that xyz argument that's being pulled from the query parameters mm -hmm. is a integer that and they insert it that way then it it could be very vulnerable to this if you just give it a string instead and manipulate the, the SQL statement. Um, yeah. 
we just actually, I think we just published a really fun type juggling article. Ah, dude, I so, love those uh, vulnerabilities. I got to go, yeah. go consume that. Um, oh, also, don't use sanitized text fields for SQL uh, proving stuff. Sanitize. Oh yeah, sanitize text fill. <laughs> That's for XSS. Your, it's yeah, not for SQL. Yeah, yeah. That that would that would be that would be bad. <laughs> That's great. I love that. Um, all right. Let me see where else we want to go here. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about uh, WordPress based escalations, and we also want to talk about sort of deserialization in a WordPress um, context. I'm you gonna go with that one, huh? <laughs> yeah. Jeez, there's a lot there. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and look through here really quickly, make sure we're not. This, this document has become pretty chunky. So I'm going to make sure that we're not. Um, so, yeah, I guess one of the things that that is a vulnerability that's only specifically correlated to WordPress that I kind of wanted to bring up is this whole concept concept of an arbitrary nonce leak vulnerability. And and um, this is a scenario where you can take user input and generate mm -hmm. a nonce for any given sort of label, right? Like you mentioned yeah. before. Um, I only found one a couple of years ago. I think it was in uh, one of the Facebook plugins. Yeah, yeah, I read that right up. It, it, was, it was amazing. And, and and so essentially what this allows you, the user to do is escalate privileges in a lot of scenarios where, where nonces are being used as the access control because they can generate a valid nonce for any label, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's a that's a weird bug. That's one I wanted to make sure that people were aware of because it it took a second. It, you know, it's only something limited to a to a um, WordPress, WordPress related yeah. context. Yeah, I'm glad they're as rare as they are. Well, I hope they're as rare. As I think they are. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I did I did poke around a little bit for them because I needed them for a chain and and I didn't see a lot of them. So um, even grepping through all you know 800 and something plugins that are in scope of Yale's program. So and you'll um, have a better time trying to find the nonce on like you know, an admin page. Yeah, exactly. Um, so let's see here. Uh, you, you have some stuff on here. WP handle upload. Was that the stuff that we, we talked about before or were those, was that some other tidbit, juicy tidbit of knowledge that I don't want to miss out on? Oh, uh, WP handle upload is the built-in WordPress file uploading, uh, mechanism. It runs sure. some pretty decent MIME type checks and file type validation checks and extension checks. Uh, but some plugins will put in overrides, to tell it not to test the file type and <laughs> or to allow different MIME types. And uh, then you can get away with some mischief. Wow, interesting. So WP handle upload, that's that's a function. And look at that, there's overrides right there as the secondary parameter. Yeah. I, realistically, WordPress has really good safe defaults for a lot of things, and a lot of developers just don't, just turn them off. Love that. So, uh, okay. So wow. look for that. Yeah, that's, that's a great call out. Thanks for that. I'm glad, I'm glad we didn't skip over that. Um, definitely, you know, anytime there's, and, and I'll share some interesting stuff with you outside of the pod, cause I've got, right. you know, a top, a top plugin that I've been working on recently and reported some bugs, bugs in, they have some really sketchy, uh, uh, my extension check and mime checking functionality that literally just doesn't work at all. Yeah, so, look for non-standard mime type checks and file type checks. You'll you'll find all sorts of crazy stuff. There's also, and this is like a very well-known plugin too. So I was very surprised. Um, great. Well, let, let's go a little bit. Let's dive back in again to the the weird WordPress shit section before we go to pop chains in WP escalations. Right. Um, there, there's. Oh, actually, you know what? I think. 
you know, yeah, we, we covered all these because this is the the uh, page thing and the, the right. We covered no, all I, I the don't weird think we covered how I don't think we covered how uh, WordPress actually lets you overload uh, the request and uh, oh, get talk super global. To, talk to me about that then. What is that? So remember how we were talking about how WordPress uses the page get parameter to tell you what pages yeah. it, it's on? Yeah, on so, the admin.php. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, WordPress verifies that that's the correct page. Therefore, the function wouldn't run if you weren't on that page, right? Right. Uh, so a lot of developers will echo out the page parameter, but they'll use request instead of get. And WordPress basically smooshes together. It, it huh. If there's a post page parameter, it'll stick it in the request page. Even if there's also a get page parameter. Ah, what if you so if you did a a post to that page with. And, with the page in the post body and the page in the query parameter. Yes. So you use the correct ah. page in the in the query parameter and you put an XSS payload in the post parameter. And Dude, Ram, that is sneaky, name. man. Yeah, I that found is a few sneaky. of those. That's, that's great. So anytime we see a- echoing of request page. Or echoing people, of request anything when it well, yeah. should be using get or post, then right that that makes a lot that makes a lot of sense. So there there's some way for you to sort of overlook. Yeah, that's really weird. So in request, it smooshes it. What does it just like implode them with a comma or something like that? What does it do? So uh, PHP by default will basically uh, stick both get and post into request right. uh, in order of priority, but uh, you can change the priority in PHP.ini. But WordPress will make darn sure that whatever's in post gets priority over whatever's in get if it's the same parameter name. No, and WordPress looks at get to decide what page it's in. Yes. Love it. I love that little that little uh, discrepancy between the two. This is exactly what we're looking for. That That's great. And so in those scenarios, you can trigger XSS by injecting into the post body. Exactly. Um, and it's usually cool. reflected, but... Yeah. And, 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 we, and did we cover... Um, the JSON related, we did cover the JSON related stuff in the body. So that's, that's great. Okay, cool. Yeah. With that, let's go ahead and, and, and move along to pop chains. Okay. So this is PHP object. Ninja. I don't know what pop actually pop? stands for. Most people just call them gadgets, but I like pop change because it's fancy. Well, hold on. I could have, I swear I've read, read this. It's, it's, it says it's like ROP chain, PHP object pol- pollution, PHP object. What the heck? Why is it escaping my my head now? Uh, well, that's a little bit rip. <laughs> the only one that I see is similar to ROP, ROP chains. POP chains allow you to do whatever. Um, so I guess POP chains, they're, they're essentially useful in these sort of deserialization scenarios. Exactly, yeah. And actually, I've spent, <laughs> funny funny story, I've spent definitely like, 40 hours looking for pop chains in WordPress core um, and WordPress uh, top WordPress plugins because I needed it for a chain. There's some pretty good ones in, I want to say, TCP to, T- to PDF. The oh, main really? problem is that that never ends up actually, you know, the class never ends up actually loaded when you need it. I hate that, Ram. Ugh, that, that drives me nuts. So so essentially, this for the listeners, um, the, the scenarios in which you need this is, an, is a, a deserialization scenario. Um, and specifically, it, this is the scenario that I was using it with was when you were using a far-based uh, 
deserialization. And this is when you can inject an arbitrary URL into file underscore exists or is file. Um, and what that will do is if you give it a PHP archive file dot, dot far file, it will try to load that file up and deserialize the metadata associated with that. And um, in that scenario, you need sort of a chain of gadgets in order to get RCE. Um, and to, to be clear, this only affects PHP versions. What is it? 7.4 was it? and below. 7.4 and below. I think, wasn't it patched in 8.1? I think, or it might they might have just? It was either eight or eight point one. Yeah, yeah, eight or eight point one. You know, some of some of the if it's in the sevens, you're fine. Everyone's still using seven. Exactly, it's um, the five point six of twenty twenty four. Right, <laughs> great. Yeah, that's that's good. Um, so you know, still still widely used, um, but you can use that functionality to get RC as well. So if you you have arbitrary injection into a uh, into a file underscore exists or is file. Um, any stat-based uh, call in PHP. Um, and so I found that, and I was looking, I was like, oh, I need to find a pop chain, so I started going through. Unfortunately, there was one that was patched in December that was like blatantly obvious. You know, that yeah, was, that just one was like, real bad. That, that one was very obvious, and I would have loved to use it, but um, in the end, I couldn't find one. And there's a bunch of really good write-ups out there, like essentially chaining together just this crazy, massive, beautiful flow of functions and classes and and stuff to trigger these um these these chains but essentially the concept for these is that you need some class that you can instantiate and, and just set the attributes of that class and then have some function trigger or some something being called on that class like to string or underscore underscore wake up or underscore underscore destroy that kicks off a code flow that eventually allows you to gain control of the whole application just from populating the attributes of a certain class. Is that accurate, Ram? That is better than I could have said it myself. It, it's 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 a cluster, man. It's nuts, and it, it, spending time looking for this is crazy because you're you're having to reach so deep into all of these PHP internals of like, all right, well, what if I treat a cat, uh, you know, a class like like an array, and I'm like trying to attribute access like the certain attributes of like this array, but actually it's a class and it's calling these functions. It's it's nuts. So. So many interesting things there. We'll link an amazing one. Um, and WordPress yeah. uses uh, serialized data basically everywhere in its internals. And yeah. uh, built-ins handle that serialization fairly well, but a lot of plugins seek to emulate it and don't handle that serialization quite as well. So you'll end up with, you know, storing session data as an object mm. in cookies. And yeah, that that's yeah. that's scary, man. And and so, yeah, that's a great point, Rem. So, so cookies is actually probably one of the, the top... Uh, sources for that sort of deserialization front. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's good. Definitely something to be on the lookout for there. Um, yeah, we also see a lot of like uh, settings, import, exports functionality. That's always a that's always a fun source to play right. with, or for, even update options. Probably right. You know, yeah. there's being there's stuff being stored in there in a serialized format. Anyway, yeah. I, I I just wanted to talk about this because I'm a little mad right now. I don't like being defeated by technology. That's one of the things that makes me a good hacker. Um, so I spent a lot of time and I over indexed on finding this pop chain. So if anyone can find a pop chain in WordPress core. Uh, or any plugins above 5 million installs, then I will be very impressed because I spent a lot of time and I couldn't do that. Uh, so there's a little challenge for you, uh, WordPress uh, enthusiasts in the audience. I'm um, sure it's only a matter of time before I add a new one. 
Yeah, well, they need to add one, right? You know, there, there's gadgets. I Man, I, I swear, Ram, I went down every single path. I got really meticulous about it too, man. I started like saying, okay, here are all my sources. Like I started drawing, you know, I almost like that Pepe, you know, like whatever it is, the dude that's like, you know, there's like strings all over the place. And yeah, he's like just, talking. Yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it, it, and, uh, and, Silva. yeah exactly. And, and, um, and yeah, I was like that, except for the pop chains. And Joel is like, Justin, chill out, dude. <laughs> like, this is not, you know, and, and this is not even like, you know, a top dollar bounty for me normally either. So it's just yeah. like. I will admit to searching hmm. for all the destructor uh, methods in every plugin I look at. It's, it's nuts, <laughs> Just man. in yeah. case. Just in case. I don't know. I want one. <laughs> Give me one. It's critical thinking listeners, please. That would soothe my soul. Um, all right. Ram, we're coming to the end. Um, we're going to hit uh, WP escalations. We're going to hit WordPress escalations, ways to sort of escalate impact in WordPress. Then we're going to swing back around to your bugs, and we'll call it a wrap. Um, right. So talk to me about some some WordPress ex- escalations. I wrote down some, some basic ones here. For example, uh, one that you taught me in, in a fine little vulnerability exchange. Uh, file deletion of WP config results in RC. Can you talk about, about that a little bit? Yeah, so uh, when you delete the WP config file, uh, the WordPress site thinks it's being newly set up, which means that the first person to visit the site gets to uh, tell it what database connection information it needs to use, which means if you already have a database set up somewhere else, you can just point it at that existing Mm. database that already has you as an administrator. Right. (laughs) Or, you know, add a new admin account and uh, log in, and then you can edit plugin files, install file manager plugins, uh, run code on the server, you own the site. Uh, you might lose access to the old database. Uh, depends on if you want anything in there, but if there's any backups, you know, you got those. Or you might not, right? Because a lot of times people make WP config backup files. Exactly, and then you can download those, and then you have access to the database yeah. instead of the site. And- or, yeah, and then after you, you know, put your little shell, your little reverse shell on there, you know, then you can just sub the old WP config file back in and then boom. Pro tip, WordPress still uses MD5 for password hashing. It uses a lot of rounds. Oh, no way. Really? That's interesting. It uses a lot of rounds of MD5, but still MD5. Wow. I'm sure that's going to bite him in the butt someday. Um, It does use salts, but you know. Yeah, yeah. I I did notice that. Um, So I guess the next one on the list here. So so that's great. If you got an arbitrary file deletion, results in RCE, WP config, boom, you're done. Next one on the list here, stored blind XSS to RCE via admin hijacking and then editing the plugins. Obviously, if you're an administrator, you have the ability to edit plugin code. That's one of the the features of WordPress. So anybody who's new to WordPress should know that. Um, Or you can add new administrators. There's a fancy little JavaScript going around. I was so happy. I'm still taking some, I'm taking the OSCP and uh, I was so happy to see this little JavaScript. I was like, I know that guy. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. uh, It's just this character encoded JavaScript that adds a new admin user. That's great. I love that because it, it makes it so easy to implement. I think Hack Luke has something out there for that too. He's he's great. Um, and it, and then so tell me about some of the ones you added here that that are ways to escalate privileges in WordPress. Uh, so we sort of discussed this already, but mm. uh, if you have update options, uh, you can set the default role to administrator and mm. enable user registration. Ah, uh, yeah, um, yeah. And we already discussed about how you can use uh, hard coded options for uh, cross site scripting. Uh, okay, gotcha. So so. A lot of the ones that that are came to mind surrounding this as well are options related ones. If you have arbitrary option update, then just boom, user registration, boom, default user uh, should be an admin, and then you're you're in. Yeah, 
That's good. Yeah, I, we actually discussed a lot of these at least. Yeah, I'm looking at them. We did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is good. The only other one that's down there is this uh, roll your own password reset functionality. Yeah, um, a lot of plugins uh, sort of use less than secure practices. They don't use all of the built-in password reset functionality. Uh, again, we'll, you'll see this in a lot of like membership plugins, other plugins mm. that are designed to keep track of users and take their money for stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, a lot of them will have insecure password reset functionality. Like it'll you know set a second, uh, it'll it'll set like a reset code that's deterministic and easily guessed, or mm. it'll let you set the user ID to reset the password for even if it's not your user ID. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you'll send yourself a password reset, and then you click on the link, but you just spoof out your user ID for the other user, and you can reset their password. <laughs> Man, there's so there's so many things like that whenever you try to bypass traditional functionality that, that gets yeah. really tricky. When, when you said predicting, you know, being able to predict, you know, what the, the reset token might be, excuse me, it made me think of a function where I found a, a vulnerability in some PHP code the other day. Unique ID uh, in PHP is literally it's uh, U-N-I-Q ID, right? It reads unique ID. Yeah. Not a unique ID at all. It's not pseudo. It's just, it's, is it even pseudo random? It's, it, it's just timestamp based pretty much. Oh, so if oh you, yeah. Yeah. That, that's another one of the things that you see with bad password resets. They'll basically just set the code to the current exact time. It's like, oh no, this is so bad. And, and so unique ID, the, one of the plugins I was looking at the other day is using it as like a temp directory um, name. And I was like, uh, this is not good. Cause we can guess that. Um, and so, Definitely some bones to be found there. It, it yeah. might even be worthwhile to just grep all the PHP source code for unique ID uh, of the plugins and see where it's being used, because I'm sure a bunch of bugs would fall out of that. Absolutely, yeah. Word, WordPress is one of the places where a lot of those vulnerabilities you think are just theoretical end up being entirely practical to exploit. Yeah, that's great. And and, and I'll, I'll mention as well, just for any of those um, listening, I actually mirrored, I have a piece of code that runs every day and mirrors the um, GitHub, I mean, the SVN plugins that are in, uh, you know, on the plugins page for, for WordPress. It mirrors them into a GitHub rep, uh, organization. And that is um, github.com. I'm going to type it in as I'm as I'm doing it. Uh, slash WordPress plugin directory. That's one that I maintain. Um, and essentially, you can see diffs on any changes that are being made there. Um, this is a part of my own personal um, automation. Uh, and so you can see any changes being made there to various plugins and new code that's being pushed. And you can diff it with with with. Uh, oh my gosh. You know, I, I, as I'm talking about this, I just started scrolling through there and I see a vulnerability. New That's stuff. hilarious. Uh, well, toys. I'm going to go ahead and uh, bookmark that bad boy. Um, but yeah, go ahead and, and head over to uh, github.com slash WordPress plugin directory. And then you can search within that organization on GitHub and you'll be able to do stuff like look for unique ID. But I will probably do that before you, uh, before this episode airs. I am airs. so glad that you've done that because we used to use wpdirectory.net and it yeah. has gone down. Yeah, yeah. It, it, was a, it was a little bit of a pain in the ass, especially in the beginning, because there's like a, a limit on the number of repositories you can create in a certain time frame on GitHub. So I had to like write a script that would be like, all right, wait, upload, wait, upload, you know, that sort of thing. But it's all automated now. It's all in a cron tab now. So it should be uh, easy searching for any of you guys that are interested in mass searching uh, WordPress uh, plugins. Um, all righty. 
with that, I think we finished the weird or the WordPress ex uh, escalation section. Let's get back to the buggos, uh, Ram. Right. Let's talk about the rest of them. I, I guess let's go ahead and briefly revisit the um, one now that we know a little bit more about uh, the the Elementor uh, remote code execution one. So this was a scenario. Ah, okay, add action, admin yeah. init. We talked about this. So this is yeah. a way you hook into. Uh, you, you provide a callback function for specific hooks, and the admin init one can be triggered from an unauthenticated context, and then also uh, can be triggered by visiting literally anything under wp-admin, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. And and in this scenario, I'm I'm gonna try to I'm gonna do a reverse right up here. I'm gonna summarize it, and you can tell me if I'm right. So uh, in this scenario, it says uh, WP underscore doing Ajax, which I assume is just a check to, to that, to whether it's uh, being an Ajax request or not. And then you've got the WP verify nonce, which does make it require some sort of authentication, right? Because the user ID has to be associated with a specific thing for the nonce, and you have to be able to access it. And but Elementor it, uses one nonce for a lot of stuff. I mean, oh, really? they got more okay. than one, but they use the same one for most things. Very cool. And then so using that, you can just trigger the upgrade of the Elementor plugin and provide PHP code, which is run on the yeah. server. Rip, dude. That's a bad one. That is a bad All one. Right. I'm, I'm glad you you uh, pounded that one out before they, that was there for too many too many versions, because that would have been a bad one. Yeah. And um, technically, it was an admin Ajax one, but they mm -hmm. did it a weird way where it didn't actually register the Ajax hook. It just checked if you happened to be on the Ajax page. Oh, interesting. OK, cool. Huh. That that little function looks a little interesting there. Yeah. Um, let's go ahead and talk about the uh, SSRF, the next one, subscriber plus SSRF. Also, all of these write-ups that um, Ram is sort of talking about, these are these are public and they are in more detail on the WordFence blog, which we'll link uh, below. Um, and I just want to say, you know, we we cover a lot of write-ups and stuff like that here on critical thinking and uh the ones done a lot of the ones done from like a corporate perspective are kind of schmeh. the word the wordpress or the word fence ones are very good and clearly very technically in depth so yeah, i didn't make quite as many screenshots for the elementor one just because i think i was in a hurry for that one but yeah yeah no problem and and they're they're very useful for education when you're trying to do uh, learn how to do WordPress plugin assessment. So I'm I've, trying to make a little bit of a corpus here. I, I, I've binge read almost all of them. Uh, so I, I've seen these before, but uh, I'll let cool. you sort of take it, take it from from there on this one. Okay. So uh, the credential stealing server side request for Adrian, uh, this was in the GetWid uh, Gutenberg blocks plugin, which mm. has a bunch of installs pretty popular uh, yeah not that many but uh they registered a rest route uh to get remote content and the permission check was just current user can read which is the one capability that subscribers have uh, so <laughs> it, so, but that does mean that it ran a nonce check so you couldn't see surf this but it okay. did mean that you know if you were a subscriber you could retrieve arbitrary content from arbitrary urls and if you're on no an way. ec2 box then they, you can pass it a specific uh, local IP URL. Incidentally, uh, WordPress has a WP safe remote get that prevents this from happening, but no one uses it. Oh, really? Oh, is that yeah. like a like a non-default setting on WP uh, retrieve remote or whatever or remote yeah. get? Yeah. Interesting. So I'm looking at the code here. Essentially, all they do is, you know, get under or, or dollar sign underscore get get the content URI. So get the URL. They pass and it directly. Just decode it. They just pass it directly right on, yeah, escape it there, and then pass it directly into remote get, which gets the result back. They JSON decode it, and then they just send it right back out. Yeah. 
realistically, the biggest impediment to C-Surf is the um, request, you know, expecting it in some format that isn't what I want. So exactly. the, the fact that this is in JSON is like, hey, that's perfect. Yeah, JSON, that's a very, very lax consideration and, and definitely correlates really well to the AWS uh, EC2 API because everything is in JSON in those scenarios. Exactly. Which is great. Um, very cool. This is it. And, and I'm wondering also, WP underscore remote underscore get, you can't, if you have full direct access to the URL that's associated with there, is there anything else you can do with PHP related? Oh, yeah. Like, no, if it's echoing yeah. out that information uh, and you happen to have access to the remote URL, you can put like a cross site scripting. Uh, mm. You can put like a cross-site scripting payload. If it's putting the contents of that remote URL somewhere, then you can get RCE. That it's a little more PHP. rare, but... Yeah, but what about like, um, can you give it a URL that has like a PHP scheme, like uh, PHP filters or like a file scheme, you know, file colon slash slash. Do you know if that works with WP remote get or is that something you have to do I don't elsewhere? think it, it works for uh, non-standard pseudo uh, protocols. Okay. But okay. I will have to check that. Yeah, that, that'd be something that'd be really interesting. Cool. We may we may uh, insert something here if if it does. But I imagine it would just be used for um, remote get. I imagine that would just be used for yeah. I mean, it says right here performs HTTP requests. So I think it's explicitly for HTTP oh, related functionality. Otherwise, so cool, I know. Otherwise, that would be pretty fun because you could do some you could do some tricky stuff with PHP related um, schemes that are supported. Um, very cool, Ram. Let's go ahead and hit this last one here. This is unauthorized access via the user agent header. Wow, this seems pretty cool. I mean, it, it's pretty basic, but you know, it was one of the more recent ones just mm. because I haven't been focusing as much on vulnerability research in the past year or so. Mm. So, uh, mm. but yeah, it's, it was in a security plugin. Uh, and, uh, that, that always, that always feels good. <laughs> and you know how security plugins will, you know, show you which requests were blocked or which IPs were blocked and they'll show you the user agent. They, yeah. they forgot to escape that on output. That's clutch. That's actually a really interesting. And that's the thing. We keep yeah. on seeing this in security plugins. I want to see even WordFence has something like hmm. this at some point way back in like version two or something. Yeah. Yeah. Where you're, where you're, cause there's so much data to log because yeah. it's a security related thing. Something is going to pop in there. That's a little bit tricky. Exactly. Very, very interesting. So then they were just echoing out the refer directly, I guess maybe after URL decoding it or something like that. And yeah. then that was actually just being embedded right into the DOM. So you could just redirect it from a page that had that in the URL. And actually, th that makes sense as well. I'll add a little caveat here. Um, uh, and I don't know if you it was, I wasn't even reflected. It was stored. So you could just visit the site, do something that, get, that would get you blocked with ah. the uh, user agent. With the malicious user agent in there, and uh, of course, because it's it's a logging plugin. Exactly, yeah. that that makes so much sense. Okay, I was yeah, missing did I that. say refer. It was user agent. No, I think it's just because I saw a refer one recently too. Oh, uh, you're good, and, and it actually that makes sense with the user agent and and, and how it would be stored there and and outputted. That's something people would want to see. It makes me think of a different thing with the refer, since we kind of had that little mix up. Yeah, um, Chrome. Recently, I guess, I don't know when it was, maybe 2019 or something, so maybe not that recently, um, started not providing a refer in the, in for cross-site refers beyond just the the domain. So so now if sure. you're going from, from poc.renerator.com or whatever to a different site, the only thing you'll see in the refer is, you know, httpsdomain.com slash. You won't see the path. Um, oh. But when you're using it for exploits, 
that's something that's controlled on the first page side. So you define a referrer policy using the meta tag that says, Ooh. please send my referrer. And then you can send, you know, a, a refer, a full referrer to the victim side, right? And then, you know, if they're URL decoding it or base 64 decoding it or whatever, and then doing something with it, then you can still get syncs. So we, we actually just, uh, we were, I remember just discussing something like yeah. that with Chloe. Uh, I want to say earlier this week, this goes like, I bet you could do that. And no, uh, yeah. Yeah, I've used it a couple times in exploits. It's pretty fun because there's like this default, secure default that they put into place. But then, you know, because it's from your side, you can just turn it off. And the, the, the whole point is, and it was very needed because we were using, you know, image image tag injection and stuff like that to link leak OAuth uh, codes or something like that that were in the URL that would be sent along with the refer. So very smart move by Chrome. Um, but... In this specific scenario, you can sort of undo the work and and use the referrer policy. Get away with even more. Exactly. Yeah. So it's very cool stuff there. Um, dude, great bugs. Uh, RCE and the top plugin at a beautiful SSRF to uh, EC2 metadata and a great uh, XSS on a security plugin. Love to see that, um, Ram. This has been this has been great, dude, and uh, I, I really appreciate you coming on. Obviously, WordFence uh, has, has, you know, working at WordFence, you've really developed a lot of great skills there. Um, anything you want to shout out uh, before you before we hop off? Uh, just that uh, check out our bug bounty program. Mm. Uh, I think there we we're probably going to have some very exciting news in the very near future. So keep an yeah. ear out. Yeah, and uh, I look forward to processing all your bugs yeah yeah i'm sure you'll be getting a lot more from the uh really some cool stuff guys yeah and yeah girls and, and everyone else i can speak i can speak from experience that ram really enjoys getting cool bugs because we've kind of geeked out together over discord over a couple things um, yeah so very cool stuff well thanks for coming on man and uh, i think that's the pod <laughs>